This is Security Now, Episode 6 for September 22nd, 2005. Gibson is with us, our security wizard from GRC.com, author of Spinrite and Shields Up and Decombobulator and uh, Leak Test and all those great security programs, as well as, of course, uh, as I mentioned, Spinrite, which is a fabulous disk recovery program. Steve's back in Irvine. I'm back in Petaluma. So we're home safe and sound, and we're going to talk today about electronic eavesdropping and how people can spy on you. Well, there's been a lot of dialogue in the last week because three researchers at Berkeley wrote some software which, after just recording the sound of someone typing, not, not a prepared text, just, just random English language. It does, they, they need to assume that it's English because they use English dictionaries and something called Markov modeling, which allows you to determine like the, the, the probability of one letter following another, which is language-based. But... but not requiring that they that the that their system be trained with a with a previously prepared text just recording the sound of someone typing they they record 10 minutes of the sound of someone typing then they their their machine which is running a 3 gig pentium 4 takes 30 minutes to process that sound and they are able to with 96% accuracy determine what was being typed just from the sound of someone typing. What, how have they done that? Have they mapped... Does each key sound different? Well, it turns out, yes, that, that, that there are enough... That they use um, the energy content of the keystrokes as opposed to the frequency domain content. The work, some, some of this has been done before using fast Fourier transforms, which determined the, the, essentially the spectrum. These guys use the energy content that is represented by the sound, and there's enough variation in keys that they're able to, they're able to record that. Then through processing this, they group the keys that they're unable to differentiate into similar groups. But then, by presuming that English is what's being typed, that is, words that they have in a dictionary, they're able to process that information and disambiguate the keys which, which sound indistinguishably different and figure out what they are, basically sort of running a speller and a grammar check on this. They're, a, they're able to break it apart and figure out what was done. The chilling thing is that once they've done that, they can... Uh, for example, they're able to determine passwords which are not in the dictionary, that is, random characters that are being entered with a 90% probability. Mm-hmm. They end up with a, a, a list of possible passwords that were typed, and, and with very good probability, the correct password is in this list of like a, a hundred passwords that it could be based on what they heard being typed. So somebody could put a recorder in your cubicle at work and basically see everything you're typing. You don't need a keystroke logger, in other words. 
Well, I exactly. Now, if you had that kind of physical access to someone's cubicle, what you'd really do is you'd stick one of those little inline keystroke loggers into their keyboard connection. You know, that's a real risk from that kind of physical proximity. But I think the real danger here is, is for example, if you had a, a parabolic microphone that was aimed at someone's keyboard from you know, across a hall or, or some distance away, where for whatever reason you didn't have direct access. Or maybe, for example, you could bounce a laser off of their window in order to pick up the sound of them typing in their office. The window makes kind of a, what, an audio transducer, so you could actually see the vibration of the window. Is that... Uh, exactly, and, and yeah, that like technology exists pretty well. Now, well, what's interesting is this is another in a, in a long series of, of security and information leakage, which is a function of electrical or a, a mechanical or, or a, electromagnetic leakage from a computer. You know, we've all heard, you know, years ago there was this technology called Tempest, which was it, it attempted to, and apparently successfully, um, determined what image you had on your screen based on the electromagnetic leakage from a CRT. Van Eck freaking, they call that, yeah. Exactly. So, so uh, now, and Tempest was to attempt to, that was the military spec to avoid it by shielding and... I remember I had uh, PGP used to have a Tempest mode where instead of displaying the characters in crisp black and white on your screen, it would do as a very light blue that apparently was supposedly more difficult to freak. And so, so the point would be that exactly that the, 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 the scanning beam in, in displaying that light blue, it was enough low contrast and there wasn't enough difference right. that it didn't put out a signal that, that was able to be picked up. <laughs> I noticed they've, t and then, as far as I know, they've taken that out of recent versions of PGP, maybe not something in great demand. <laughs> How well, serious there's, is there's, this stuff? There's also been some other research recently that is able to do this using the light, the ambient light generated from the CRT right. and also even from an LCD, apparently. Yeah, Bunny Huang, uh, Bunny Wong, who was the guy who cracked the Xbox, I remember, uh, told us that he could, for the screensavers, build us as such a device that would you could see around corners, in effect, because if you could see the flicker, the strobe coming off a CRT, you could reconstruct it uh, into this visual on the screen that's all it it's took. not easy to do i you know i the, the work i did years ago was to create a high resolution light pen for the apple II computer oh, i remember that, that yeah that used a photodiode you need a an extremely fast response photo detector in order to pick up the the, the scanning beam on a crt um, but it, it's certainly possible to do i mean that technology exists now and it's been refined a lot because of course that's how we move information through fiber optics is by by ha having very very high performance photo reception at the receiving end of of a fiber optic the, which brings to mind another um issue and that was about a year ago people suddenly got concerned that the the LEDs which were showing the activity of their routers was a similar sort of electromagnetic, in this case optical, leakage of what was going on in their networks. You know, it was strobing fact, fast enough that you could see data? Well, I mean, I that's the thing. I don't think so. <laughs> is, that, is that it was one of these sort of these urban legends that, that, that made the rounds through the Internet community right. about a year, maybe a year and a half ago, to the point that ISPs started putting black electrical oh. tape 
I'm not kidding you. Oh, oh, over the the lights on the front of their networking equipment because they I, were afraid that people I, were going to suck the information out. Somehow. I don't think you had the resolution. Maybe for 300 baud, but not not for 10 megabits. <laughs> well, I was immediately skeptical because all of the LEDs they that I switch seen, fast enough. Well, they're showing you packets, right. not bits. Right. And so it's just, they're they're only meant to be information. Um, illumination and not actual it, data being moved. If they were showing you bits, they'd be on constantly because the bit rate is so fast. Right. So so what's interesting about all of these is that, I mean, based on all the email that we've received, people being concerned now about people listening to them typing on the keyboard, it, 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 it seems to me that it's an, an interesting issue for security, and that is that it's important to recognize that not just the traditional means of information leakage, but but even these non-traditional approaches, optical leakage and now acoustic, are things that uh, you know at the at the far end of the spectrum. It is a way for information to get out of your computer. Something that people need to be concerned about. Well, or at least you know NSA sorts of people. Uh, uh, yeah, where uh, did the Berkeley researchers come up with any recommendations? Well, the, this is a, a, a preprint from their paper that they'll be uh, publishing in the November issue of the Communications of the ACM for Computers, Communications, and Security. So um, they did experiment with, like, softer, quieter keyboards. They actually used a couple Dell specifically, like, low-noise keyboards for this, these experiments, and those keyboards generated enough noise that they were able to perform with 96% recognition mm. of what was being typed. I suppose if you had one of those white noise generators in the background or something like that, you might be able to mask it. Well, and certainly if you were doing anything yourself to deliberately obfuscate this kind of, of problem, like Humming. deliberately hitting you know, every other key harder, you know, clearing your voice while you're typing your password. <laughs> right. They, they did talk about the notion of, of two-factor security. That is, for example, you know, using some other technology than just a password, which would not be typed at the keyboard. And in fact, some of the people that responded to our second... Uh, um, podcast number five about passwords also talked about the idea of on-screen keyboards, where you would use your mouse and click click the the, the password on the screen in order to completely avoid the keyboard mm. and the problem with keystroke loggers and so forth. And of course, uh, biometrics, thumbprint recognition, and the like would have the same benefit. Yeah, it's it's interesting that that. They had to take these keystrokes, the sound of these keystrokes in context. That is, you know, you need to use English, and they, they largely improve the accuracy by, by figuring out what, you know, based on the sounds, there were many possible combinations because acoustics wasn't perfect. Not every key sounded unique. So they ended up with groups of keys that they were able then to say, okay, here's all the words in the dictionary that, that are possible versus Based on what we've seen, here's here's the groupings of keys that that could be pulled out. Now, you know, what of these groupings map into the words? They did that. Then they figured out, okay, which words make sense from a grammar context based on, on the assumption that English is being typed. Don't you think, Steve, though, that worrying about these kinds of things is kind of ignoring the larger danger of the fact that your stuff is being sent over the Internet and... 
you know, that, I mean, frankly, uh, the password, the weakest point uh, is the storage on the other end. Uh, I remember IBM did a study a few years ago where they discovered that something like eight out of 10 of the big e-commerce sites had poor password security on their end. Well, or poor poor storage of the data, right. like, for example, unencrypted databases at the other end. Right, so that, yes, that's really I, I, the greater I, risk. Yes, I completely agree that, that, that this is sort of in a, in a far-out end of, of what any real normal user needs to be concerned about. But again, you know, the, 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 the people that listen to this podcast who are surprisingly security concerned were, you know, sending me links to this story <laughs> that I had now seen a hundred times yeah. by the end of the week. And I was yeah. thinking, okay, well, let's, let, let's just talk about this and, and put it into context, which is uh, something I'm glad you're doing because it is clear that, you know, th- this is a, again, it's, it's the sort of thing where if you were going to, re- in order to record the data and the sound of someone's keyboard, you would have to, you'd have to have, you know, either a parabolic mic that, which is somehow aimed at their keyboard or plant a, a microphone or a recorder of some sort near them. Well, if you're going to have that kind of physical access, there's way easier ways to get the information, far more reliable mm-hmm. ways right. to get yeah. it. Yeah. And Van Eck freaking, and while, uh, I mean, I've seen demonstrations that kind of work. Uh, I don't know if anybody's really demonstrated that you could, you know, through a hotel room wall, for instance, see what the other guy is doing on his screen. Well, what is a little annoying is that the based on the paper which i've which i've read and studied carefully um this was really some serious number crunching and a lot of work yeah but they're going to post the source code oh great for this, um, <laughs> oh, great. On, on their site keyboard hyphen emanations dot org will be the name of the site and and on, on on our security now page i've got a a link to a page of links of, of various information. Very interesting. Now, one other aspect of this, which is sort of interesting, is that from a legal standpoint, this is not illegal. Really? It, it's, it's not tra- eavesdropping. Yeah, it, it's not... It, uh... it, well, it's not eavesdropping because it's not covered by the law because this is not considered deliberate communication. So even though the law has been amended so that even if you don't have an expectation of privacy, there is sort of a, 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 a presumed privacy in the law. This is not considered communication. So the sound of your keyboard being typed is not protected hmm. under the law because there's no expectation that this is communication. Mm-hmm. It's just incidental Whereas, sound. of course, you know... It, Internet communication or telephone communication and so forth, there you're protected, but but not any kind of you know optical, electromagnetic, or acoustic emanations from your system. So so you know these guys are going to post the source code for this. Who knows what kind of tools the open source community will generate from that? And it may be at some point that that in the same way that we have now cracking tools that allow wireless communications to be cracked far more easily just by downloading them and running them, at some point you can foresee in the future that there will be freely downloadable software that will process the sound of keyboards being typed and figure out what people are typing. Well, I only have one thing to say to that. (laughs) And there, you detect that, huh? (laughs) 
Right. <laughs> All right. Steve Gibson, a fascinating conversation, and I'm sure uh, people will have more to say about it, and we encourage their feedback. How do you like people to get a hold of you? Um, we, we've got a, a, a response uh, form down at the bottom of the Security Now page on grc.com, and that's how lots of people are sending their comments and thoughts and questions. Great. So that's at grc.com slash securitynow.htm. And, of course, uh, we thank uh, AOL Podcasting at uh, aolmusic.com for providing the bandwidth for Security Now. We, uh, we couldn't do it without them, but their contribution makes it possible for us to do this for free. And Steve also puts uh, transcripts of each Security Now up on his website. Steve, how, how long does it take to get a transcript out? About a week later or... No, it's it's. Uh, this, I've got this great gal who's into computers and knows the moment these things go up. It normally takes only a few hours. Wow, wow! Again, that's at grc.com/slash/securitynow.htm. Can you come up with a with a with a little redirect for that to just make it so much easier for me to say? Well, we always have we always have a, a link at the top of our homepage. Grc.com. Right okay. So just grc.com and that'll get them to it. That's easy enough to uh, remember. And this time I didn't put up the show notes last week, so I will put dual show notes up this week. Uh, for those of you who use RSS readers or uh, uh, professional style podcast clients to get this, you'll see the show notes have links in it, and there's more information, but. Uh, for those of you using iTunes or less capable podcatchers, uh, the webpage uh, will have that information. Again, grc.com slash securitynow.htm. And uh, be careful what you type. I'm more concerned really about the NSA with spy satellites looking in at my windows and watching the strobe from my monitors and reconstructing what I'm looking at. You know what they'd see right now? A picture of you <laughs> on, on Skype. Steve Gibson, thanks a lot. Thank you, Leo. 